91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The it Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Welcome back to another episode of Before My Time. I am your host, Gelsey Laurie. We are joined, as always, by Matt Kelly, our friend, co-host, and producer. We are going to talk about song covers that you might not have known were covers. Let's do this. Gelsey, you've been pitching this idea for a bit. So what are we doing here? I'm so excited. <laughs> I am talking about, or we're, we're talking about songs that you don't, you might not know are actually covers. Okay. So famous songs, songs that you're going to be familiar with. They're going to be like, yes, I know this version. Of course I know this song. Then I'm going to be like, well, did you know it was written back in blah, blah, blah. Some, I don't know. You know, some of them I was telling my friends about, and I was like, well, you know this one. And they were like, wait, what? And I was like, oh, so the ones that I thought were obvious I was debating even talking about because I thought they were, we all knew, but I've got quite the little smorgasbord of random songs here and, and we're going to dive into it. There's no rhyme or reason. And I've got no five that I wrote down. If you forget them. Amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no rhyme or reason of, um, the order. I didn't, there's no theme. There's no, I just kind of, I knew these actually, there was like two that in my research looking for other ones came up and I was like, no way. So those are kind of fun. So the one that actually made me think of this idea 
is one that uh, Matt and I were talking about a moment ago, and that is nonetheless, I'm going to play you the song that you do know. <laughs> Matt's uh, doing the line dance right now. He's super excited about this. <laughs> He's doing it in his wheelie chair. All right. So we all know <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe. It was the Rednecks. <laughs> yes. It was the Rednecks. When did they actually release that? I It came out Rednecks, 1994. And okay. it became very famous. Again, yeah, Jock Jams was kind of like where. So have you heard, this is not the original, but I did not know about this version which is Nina Simone. And she released this 1959. I'm going to fast forward this a little bit. Where do you come from? And where do you go? What? <laughs> where do you come from? so there's that version yeah like i knew that it was a cover of an older song i did not know that nina she covered it but that's not ballady version of it she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna go out so it's unclear actually what the exact origins are because we do have to remember when these songs this is a traditional country folk song and it predates the civil war 1861 to 1865 it was heard sung by slaves on plantations and the first written i feel like was this my guess Mm -hmm. i didn't do any research on this my is this one of the ones that like kind of gets attributed to lead belly a lot no that's a different song that we're gonna go into okay Um, (laughs) because i know he's got his his he got a lot of writing credits on a lot of those. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. Because that's for being the he's first person to record them. Yeah, recording. Yes, but um, yeah. I had a hard time finding. Uh, I found a 1928 version. And I wasn't satisfied, but it's what I've got. <laughs> of course, I'm like 28's <laughs> not old enough. The first published written version of the song is 1882, and you have to remember they there was a phase when they would publish songs just the lyrics because there was no recordings then, and yeah. the lyrics are a little different then. Um, they're actually kind of like phonetically written out with like, like was is spelled W-U-Z and A-N is okay. like A-N, teef, T-E-E-F. Gotcha. And his teef was out. So it's kind out, of like a vaudeville No, it's, it's like yeah. a... Uh, oh, I guess words, more hillbilly. Yeah. yeah there's like... words, hillbilly south, hillbilly mixed with, but I think there's also some dictation of, like I said, it was heard on the plantations. Well, that's what I meant. Like when I said like vaudeville, like almost like a minstrel show type. Yeah, like there's lyrics here. Like there's a few words. I was like, I can't read that. Like, um, we get we get the idea. We we know our history, folks. So, um, then by 1884, it became like a fiddle based song, and then kind of became more this country folk. The version that we kind of could understand what we got today. And the first known recording of it is by Gid Tanner and the Skillet Liquors. And here is the 1928 version of that. What a name for a band. Oh, there's one of those. 
Just feels like Yeah, there is. I can hear it. Yeah. You get the point. They just kind of yeah, do this and go, Cat Night Joe, Cat Night Joe. But when you actually read the original um, lyrics that I were talking about that were published, they're, I, you know, he's kind of talking about this guy um, that was ridiculous looking. His, his eyes was crossed. His nose was flat. His teeth was out. But what of that? For he was tall. He was slim. And so my gal, she followed him. And it's, I'd have been married a long time ago if it weren't for Cotton Eye Joe to come. And actually, one of the lyrics is, um, it's kind of the, they got re-released, the 1884 lyrics. Then at the very end, says, that gal she show had all my love and swore from me she'd never move. Love, move. I don't know. It's, it's a slang makes it work. But Joe hoodooed her, don't you see? And she run off with him to Tennessee. And I'd been married 40 years ago if it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe. And he says he hoodooed her, which was that, uh, kind of sister magic to voodoo. There was voodoo and hoodoo, which was the Haitian kind of practice. Um, if you watch the movie Skeleton Key, it's all about hoodoo. That's kind of actually the first time when I saw the Skeleton Key with Kate Hudson. I love that movie. They're introduced to, that was the first time I was kind of uh, introduced to hoodoo because I knew what voodoo was going to New Orleans all my life. And uh, I deep dove into it and then found Cotton Eye Joe is actually a song about a guy that comes through and does hoodoo on the girl. And that's where I found this years ago. And I was like, wait, Cotton Eye Joe come from where? And then, yeah. So that inspired me to do this whole episode. So that's insane. That's, that's where we're starting with is Cotton Eye Joe. All right. Moving on to, I'm going to try to buzz through these a little quicker. So the song that you know, this is actually one of my karaoke go-to songs. House of the Rising Sun. House of the Rising yeah. Sun. This is most famously by the Animals. Yep, this is the Animals. Nineteen sixty. Is this the Lead Belly one? Nope. No. <laughs> oh, we all know this. They come. Yep, yep, yep. Buster Poindexter does a cover of that that I actually enjoy. Does he really? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. Like there are some songs that like everyone fucking does. You know a cover of it whatever but um it was again is this janice baez was she the original version of it i know she does a beautiful version of it the earliest american um version that was known was 1905 and it was known by minors way off yeah the oldest published (laughs) of written lyrics was 1924 and the first recording was 1933 by clarence ashley and gwen foster and here it is I do love this, like, um, like almost "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou" style. I do too. Music. I do, and it's so funny because I always tell people, "Oh, I don't like country," and but I'm talking about like Tim McGraw country. But I love yeah. that. Like, I'm like, no, no, no. I love southern folk fiddles porch and everyone's like that's country and i'll play i like bluegrass i like that kind of like you said brother where art thou i do love it and i love that soundtrack yeah great so um my next one which i'm gonna not 
spend too much time on because this is one I definitely know that we all know. I mean, that's what I say. I know you'll know, but. Yeah, we actually talked about this on the Elvis episode. We I did think. talk about this. That's why I'm going to yeah. go quickly. So just in case this is your first time hearing us. Got Hound Dog, Elvis 1956. And the original is Big Mama Thornton. So good. And honestly, her version makes more sense. I can makes, see calling a makes, guy a hound dog way more than calling a girl a hound dog. It makes so much more sense. <laughs> they did a really nice job giving ode to that. I like what they did with that um, in the Elvis movie. I'm a big, I was a huge fan. So I think they did a I great. I was going to say, you're, you, you are like the biggest Fan I'm like the only one that liked that movie. I feel like I feel like everyone. No, I liked it. I just don't think it should win Best Picture, but I liked. I I I get that. No, I I hear you. He did win, and I think that it was weird. I think what I said was that I think it's weird that that movie's nominated for Best Picture because I don't think it deserves a Best Picture nomination. But I also think it's weird that Baz Luhrmann didn't get nominated for Best Director because I do think that the direction Mm. is the best part of the movie and like worthy of him getting a best director Mm -hmm. nomination, (laughs) but whatever. All Um, right. Do you want to, how do you, do you want to throw in one or do you want me to? Sure. Did you, so I'm not going to play an audio clip because we all know this song, but uh, you know, before you put your hair up, we've recorded a couple episodes today. Before you put your hair up, you looked like one of the very first female rockers. Joan Jett of Joan Jett. And I didn't the Black do this Hearts. one, but I do know this. Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, with I Love Rock and Roll. Uh, it was the breakout single for her solo project, but it was originally recorded by a British band called The Arrows in the mid 70s. Here's their version. Uh, Here, I'll fast forward it a little. Almost like a Steven Tyler vibe. Yeah, just a little bit. And uh, according to my research, it said that Joan Jett reportedly first heard the song when they the Runaways were touring the UK. Fucking love the Runaways in 1979. Oh, interesting. And was like, "Ooh, I want to cover this one." Cool. So I like that. So yeah, that's it. Was the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 for seven weeks? Her cover of "I Love Rock and Roll." All right, well, I'm going to stay in that 70s realm and bring you some 1977 Ram Jam. Oh, Blackberry. Oh, yeah, I love this song. Now, fast forward it for you folks a little just so we can get into the good shit. There's a lot of intro to Blackberry. This is another one that's like almost like plantation days back to like plantation days, right? Yeah. All right. So there we go. 1977 Black Betty. And I'm going to take you. This is your Lead Belly version right here, Matt. Are you? Oh, Black Betty. 
This is 19. We got to do a lead belly episode because his whole life is so fascinating. This is a 1939 Um, version is when that was. So this is another one of those songs that is um, credited back, you know, not necessarily to him. It's one of those, we don't know when that came out. But so there is what they have, uh, gosh, words, tried. Wait, Okay, doesn't matter. What has been discussed is what Black Betty means. And there's three different theories of what referencing. If you listen to, obviously, the Ram Jam version, it's like, he's talking about a woman. Black Betty had a child. Damn, things gone wild. But that's not, if you listen to the lyrics of the version I just played you, you know, it's like, she's going steady to this. So back in um, 1736, Benjamin Franklin published the Drinker's Dictionary in the Pennsylvania Gazette, offering 228 roundabout phrases for being drunk. And one of the phrases is, he's kissed Black Betty. And so there are a lot of references back to that, referencing Black Betty as a bottle of drink being drunk. So there is obviously that theory. Then there's also a lot of um, references. There was John A. and Alan Lomax in 1934 wrote a book called American Ballads and Folk Songs, and they described the origins of Black Betty. And in an interview with a former Texas, oh, no, 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 sorry, that's in the same book as well, but um, they talk about it. And then there's another book called The Music of the Civil War Era, um, talking about folk music and that the prisoners sang of Black Betty as the driver's whip, which also then was used as late as the 1960s is known to be the whip that was often laid on the prisoner's back. And, and even when you put in the reference of Bama lamb, there's, there's yeah. a re- reference of that's being why there's black Betty, black Betty, Bama lamb would be the, the hit of the whip, which is like, Ugh. Um, and then yeah. the third theory is that it is the penitentiary transfer wagon. So that's when an interview conducted by Alan Lomax, who wrote the book, in 1934, he interviewed a former Texas Penal Farm prisoner, Doc Bighead Reese, and restated that the term Black Betty was used by prisoners to refer to the Black Maria, which is the transfer wagon. And that also was slang that was used through the 1960s. So it's not clear originally what Black Betty is the reference to, but there's proof to believe that any of those could be true. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. What's Ooh. the next one you got? The next one I got, this is. This is one that I think is kind of an obvious one. Bringing it to the 90s with the oh, Fugees, yeah. 1996. There were people that didn't know that this was a Roberta Flack cover? What? You know? Yeah, I played it for my roommate, and she was like, what? And I was like, oh, shit, I guess some some people might not know. I thought this was an obvious <laughs> one. We're going to... So we know this 99 has that. Oh, this was one of those. What, it's a, still what a dirty little slow dance song, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. One time, one time. Is one time. <laughs> the best. All right. So this is the Roberta Flack. Um, this was released 1973. 
And it was a song to take the top spot in the U.S. while becoming a major hit worldwide. Now, she did not write this. A new 19-year-old songwriter, Lori Lieberman, wrote it. She didn't get anywhere with it. She kind of didn't get anywhere with her career. But she was on tour, I think, and Flack heard this and wanted to do a cover. And then she blew up with it. Or- I think that this song, lyrically, is so beautiful. I like, I love I the love idea this. of, like, like, it's just, like... You know, the idea of like going to a club and like hearing a person play a song that feels so much about yourself that like you almost feel exposed in this giant, like mm-hmm. it's such a pretty concept for a song. I love her version. It's so beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Um, all right, I'm going to jump in. Yes. I'm going to jump in with uh, Janis Joplin mm, I don't and have me it. and my Bobby McGee. Ah, yes. Uh, one of her her most well-known and beloved songs. Uh, but it was first recorded in 1969 by Roger Miller, who you might know the name Roger Miller as the guy who sang Trailers for Sale or Rent. Yes, yes, I do. This makes sense. It sounds right. The other thing with this guy, he sang all the songs in Disney's Robin Hood, which is coming out in, uh, we're going to hit the 50 year anniversary of that this year. Oh, fuck. I hear it now. Duh. He's good at that. Roger Miller's awesome. You might also know his song, Wackadoo. Ooh, wackadoo, wackadoo, wackadoo. Yeah, of course. I, I already <laughs> like, bop in. It makes you just... And it was co-written by Chris Christopherson, who also released a version of the song a year later in 1970. But it was Janis Joplin's cover in 1971. It was only the second ever post-humorous single to top the Billboard Hot 100 after Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay. Mm. So it was uh, the, the first... One of one of her like after her death releases. Um, I do think that while Roger Miller and Chris Christopherson's more like ho hum country boy uh, versions make sense with the lyrics. I mean, none of them come close to that ending when that song picks up. Bobby McGee. Um, call on my love. I call on a man. I call on a love. But I can't. You know, like it's like when she just, she just yeah. goes off. It's like this is. It's so good. It's Great, so yeah. good. Damn. All right. I've got another one that is one that I thought was known. And I think I talked to three people that were just like, wait, what? And I was like, really? You guys didn't know this? We'll see. But we all know this song. Yeah. Dolly Parton, right? You blew it. I was going to do a big reveal. Oh, sorry. I'm excited. I know. This is obviously Whitney Houston. Released with the 1992 film The Bodyguard. Now, she peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and then for a record-breaking 14 weeks. Yeah. I think that was the case until literally, like, the Mariah Carey, Boys to Men, One Sweet Day, I think, was what it was. Oh, I love that song, yeah. What a beautiful song. Yeah. I'm going to let her get to the... And I mean, look, I love Dolly Parton, but man, did Whitney make this song her own. I mean, Whitney's, this is... (laughs) Like this song can bring Let's tears to, like. to your eyes. Where's the? Here it comes. <laughs> I 
<laughs> it does. I'm like already like, I want to cry now. All yeah. right. So the Dolly Parton version was recorded in 1973. It's so sweet though. And it was written as a farewell to her business partner and mentor, Porter Wagoner, expressing Parton's decision to pursue a solo career. But this was her like goodbye love song. And thank you. And I thought that was so endearing. And it was re-released um, for the 1982 soundtrack of Best Little Whorehouse in Sa- uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. She sings it to Burt Reynolds. I just love Dolly, though. She's so Do you know the other big thing about this song, though? No. So a lot of people, a lot of people have gone to refer to the night that Dolly Parton wrote this song as one of the most important creative songwriting nights of all time. Because she wrote this and Jolene the same night. Wow. Yeah, this is on the back Jolene album. But wow, I <laughs> yeah. fucking love Jolene so much. I just love Dolly. <laughs> like, oh, I want her to be my godmother. Don't I get to be my Lisa? Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. My oh, next. Um, oh, you want to go? You want to? Can I jump in with one? Please, I, I want to jump in with a Beatle one. Oh, I um, might have been one that I was passed on. George Harrison. Nope. So George Harrison's <laughs> last number one single was a song called Got My Mind Set On You. This is, oh my God, stop, Matt. Uh, This song, I'm sorry, the original version of this song, I created a playlist called February and it had three (laughs) songs and it's been on a loop. And the original version of this, I have been playing nonstop before I even did this. So many people don't know that this is a cover. I've been like floored by how many people didn't know that this was a cover. Yeah, which I love this version too. I love this song. It's probably one of my top... 10 favorite songs. George is my favorite beat also. Yes. Written by, uh, performed and recorded by James Ray in 1962. It was written by Rudy Clark, who composed a couple of hit songs in his career. And I wanted to bring up two of them because they're two of my favorites. He also wrote the young rascals. Good lovin'. Um, uh. Good love. Yeah. Um, and he also wrote Betty Everett's It's In His Kiss, the Shoop, Shoop, Shoop song. The, if you want to yeah. know, does he love you so it's in his kiss. That's, That's where it is. <laughs> Which you got to also love uh, Cher's version of that song. All right, here's the James oh, Ray version. Yeah, it's so good. This is like, oh. But man, I mean, this is another one where George really made that song his own. It's a George that I love his version too, but it's just, yeah. Oh, I love that song so much. All right. I'm going to take us to the eighties here with a classic. This was the one that I didn't know. I just was going to say, if you don't bring this up, I need to. Cause I, so I love this. Yeah. British group synth pop duo soft cell. Yeah. 1981. But the original I think is a better song. It's so good. So the original, (laughs) I know I was, um, it was composed by Ed Cobb and it was recorded by Gloria Jones, 1964. It's so good. It also sounds like the Sesame street theme a little bit. I was dancing in the shower to this yesterday. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, 
it makes sense as like a Motown so style song. Another cool thing about Gloria Jones, right? So like do you know who she later was in a romantic relationship with and had the son of before he passed away? No. Mark Bolin of the band T-Rex, who did oh, like shit. Bang the Gong, Get It I On. Not, I did not expect yeah. that. They were they were dating for a couple years. She was in the car when he got in the car accident that took his life. Wow. Um, yeah. And like she, I think she was driving the car and very unfairly was like labeled as like, oh, well, you're the one that killed this rock and roll god and it's like it was not that's terrible like she yeah well you know people unfortunately <clears throat> I, I wish i could say that we've grown from this which is that fans of celebrities can get a little too aggressive <laughs> about things but yeah, um i think yeah but yeah that was we literally just the the day that we're recording this we just released the one hit thunder episode on t-rex's uh, get it on bang the gong and that's Great when i was song. like oh shit amazing song Sh- more than anything that episode is like how embarrassing for the united states that we didn't let any other songs from this artist top yeah. our charts when he was the beatles have actively said that t-rex to see was bigger than Beatlemania ever was in the uk that's crazy <laughs> like, to me yeah that's yeah. crazy all right how many how many more do you have i've i've got one more i had it. I had two more, but I'm only going to cover one of them, I think. Okay, you go. But I want you to go first because you might actually have the exact same one that I have. I know. I was like, if you do mine, then I'm going to be not. This is one of my favorite. I don't know why, but all right. Going back to the 80s, 1983, Naked Eyes. Yep. Oh, never mind. It's hit number eight on the charts. I actually did not know that this was a cover. This song always reminds me of Romy Michelle's High School Reunion. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Classic get, song. Great. I want to get to the chorus. All right. So guess who wrote this? One of my favorite songwriters of all times wrote this. It, Burt Baccarat. Really? Yep, 1963. It was recorded by Diane Warwick. And she... I think it hit... I love this version so much. I walk along the city streets you Wow. Sober Bacharach. Like, I, like, and, and I mean, we also have to say R.I.P. Burke Bacharach, who just died like a week ago that we're recording this. But yeah, this is very Burke Bacharach. Like, so much. You hear this, you're like, oh, that makes sense. I had no clue. It's one of my favorite covers that, like, most people don't know this one either. Yeah. All right. That's amazing. Um, so the one that I was going to do, I literally thought you were going to take this one because it also was a hit in 1983. Uh, Quiet Riots, Come On, Feel the Noise. Uh, do which, I know that? You know, Wait. Come on, no, feel I, the noise. I know that song. It's in Rock of Ages. I'm literally saying. Um, but it was, it was originally 10 years earlier performed by the band Slade. Uh, and it was a smash hit in Britain, but only peaked at number 98 in the United States. It took a full decade later when Quiet Riot took the song to number five, with a little bit of 80s hair metal to 
to Your blast it version. out. I, I didn't know this was a cover. I love this song. Yeah. Slade's wild. Slade's like early hair metal before hair metal was a thing. Wow, this takes me back. This is how the Rock of Ages so starts. Or the song and be like, all right, here we go again. <laughs> Fun ver- yeah. I like this. Dude, Slade's awesome. Yeah. They have a song that I that I recently found called Run is it Run 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 Away that is like it's one of those songs. You know the song In a Big Country by Big Country? Nope. Oh, well, <laughs> there's there's a, a handful of songs from like the 70s and 80s where they would do this guitar effect to make the guitar sound like a fiddle. And they would uh-huh. do these like almost like Irish sounding songs with that effect and it's like you I'll, I'll send you run run away and i guarantee it'll become like one of your hype up songs for for years to come we will wrap it up for now but i think that you and i both have plenty more songs of people probably don't know or covers in our back pocket to do another one of these in a few months i do believe so all right well we're gonna go to a couple commercials and then we'll be right back 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers? Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Do you like to laugh? geek out on music and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Kelsey, what is a song that you think, I think there are songs that everyone knows are covers, but we have come to terms with the fact that the cover is the superior version to the original yeah is there any that you can think of i know that i know there's one that's like the most cliched answer but but i'm gonna say it which is johnny cash doing nine inch nails hurt i just think is oh that one is so good i love that song yeah like i think even trent reznor was like yeah that's not my song anymore like that yeah that's the same with um, with all along the watchtower 
Jimi Hendrix. That's a Bob Dylan song. And even yeah. Bob Dylan was like, he does it better than I did. Yeah. Like, I, I, there's a handful of those. The The other one that I will bring up, although I think that every version of this is great, there is something truly magical about Jeff Buckley's version of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah that is just oh, so yeah. unique and different. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like that one and then um, Mad World, the... Yeah. I forget who yeah, said it. Because that sounds Parker, nothing like the Tear for Fears the, song No, at all. yeah, the slow... <laughs> like, I find it kind of funny. It, I love it, though. I, it makes sense as a slow depressing. I actually filmed a video with me and the lion puppet singing that, so it's fine. I was supposed to be packing for a contract, and I was like, I don't want to pack. Well, listeners, if you've got some song suggestions for us, maybe we don't even know that you could surprise us. You yeah. could surprise us that this is a cover. Where can they let us know of some of their um, songs that they didn't realize were covers until way later. Yeah. Let us know on Instagram. You can find us at before my time underscore podcast or on Facebook. Just search before my time. We will pop up right on our wall. Send us a DM, leave a comment on a post. If you know of any covers that we did not <laughs> cover, see what I did there. Also, if you have the time, give us a five-star review. It would help us so much to get in front of more listeners like yourself who enjoy listening to me ramble on about stupid shit that, doesn't help the world go round, but it makes us smile. And that's what it's all about. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope to see you again soon. Bye. One Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers? Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 